And what I can also say is, if the problem were to be demonic, if someone doesn't know Christ, the answer is their salvation. The answer for such a person is to share the gospel. And I can say that if a person is a Christian, they are not demonized. If a person is a Christian, they are not demon-possessed. From Walking in Grace, this is the Straight Truth Podcast, Christian truths in an increasingly secular world. Well, welcome again to another episode of the Straight Truth Podcast. I'm your host, Josh Philpott. We'd really like for you to join us in this conversation. So as you have questions or concerns or maybe topics you'd like to propose, just leave that in the comments section or send us an email. Now remember, Straight Truth is a listener-supported podcast. So if you'd like more information about how you can help us produce this podcast week after week, just go to our website, straighttruth.net. Well, Pastor, our first question for this season of the Straight Truth Podcast has to do with demon possession and how that's related to, say, spiritual sickness or, or um, physical sickness, that is. So this is a listener-supported question. So a listener wrote in and said, in the New Testament, Jesus often casts out demons and heals people from mental sicknesses. I wonder if this person is thinking of maybe Mark 5, where the the, the man is at the tomb and, and he's cutting himself and kind of mm-hmm. raving mad and uh, Jesus eventually heals him. And the question specifically is this, uh, are all sicknesses related to spiritual possessions or are these occurrences in the New Testament clearly unique occurrences? Yeah, the short answer is all sicknesses are not due to demonic influence. Hmm. But I can understand why the question would be asked because I've, I've had the same thought in my mind many times as you read these New Testament accounts of demonization, mm-hmm. that many of the ways they manifest themselves, if they had occurred in our day, they would likely be diagnosed either as mm-hmm. mental illness mm-hmm. or as some sort of physical malady. So I'm thinking not only about Mark 5, but I'm thinking about Mark chapter 9. Mm-hmm. Let me just read the text that's easier and, uh, to explain. Mark chapter 9, verse 17. Someone from the crowd answered him, Teacher, I brought my son to you. For he has a spirit that makes him mute. And whenever it seizes him, it throws him down, and he foams and grinds his teeth and becomes rigid. So I asked your disciples to cast it out, and they were not able. And he answered them, O faithless generation, how long am I to be with you? How long am I to bear with you? Bring him to me. And they brought the boy to him. And when the spirit saw him, immediately it convulsed the boy, and he fell on the ground and rolled about, foaming at the mouth. And Jesus asked his father, how long has this been happening to him? And he said, from childhood. And it has often cast him into fire and into water to destroy him. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. And Jesus said to him, if you can, all things are possible for one who believes. And so anyway, and and the father cries out, help my unbelief. And Jesus cast the demon out. But my, my point is, when you read those symptoms, you would think that's epilepsy or something similar to that. Seizures, falling to the ground, foaming at the mouth, rigidity in the body. So I can understand why the question is asked. I think the answer that I want to give is this. One, we, we know that demons exist. The Bible makes that clear. Christ made that clear. We know demons exist. They have not gone away. It's not as though they're all locked away since the time of Christ. So demons are still active in our world and at this time. I don't doubt that some of what might be diagnosed as mental illness or even in some cases physical problems, that some of that might have a demonic connection. 
It's possible. But we don't know. We don't know. We have no way to know. What I do know is the manifestation of those demons when Christ was on earth, almost an outbreak of the manifestation of demonic activity. I'm just a, just an avalanche of it. That is unique. That has not been true at all times throughout human history. And I do believe that the reason why it was so manifest during the time of Christ was to say something about Christ. Hmm. I mean, it's as though the unseen world was brought to the forefront to demonstrate something, to, to make clear who Jesus was and is, His glory, His power, His authority, His knowledge of situations. So those, those were unique times. You and I living in this day and age, we have no way to know. Is that a, a demonic manifestation or not? There's no way to know. Here's what I do know. Demons exist. They are active. But there are physical problems people have that have nothing to do with demons. And there can even be physically explained mental issues. Sometimes we can't even know what the, what the physical issue is. But there's something going on in the body, chemically, etc., that, that would explain mental issues. And it's not demonically connected. Which is why we don't we would never discourage people from seeing the doctor, taking appropriate medicines. Those things are necessary. And what I can also say is, if the problem were to be demonic, if someone doesn't know Christ, the answer is their salvation. The answer for such a person is to share the gospel. And I can say that if a person is a Christian, they are not demonized. If a person is a Christian, they are not demon-possessed. So what I'm called to do in the New Testament when we get beyond the narratives, we get beyond the gospel accounts, and we get beyond the book of Acts, where we're just being told what happened, and we get to the New Testament epistles where we have prescriptive teaching. This is what we're to do. We are never commanded to cast out demons. We're never commanded to uh, pronounce some sort of saying over them. You see this mm-hmm. often in, in charismatic circles. You know, I, I de- demand, or I command, or I plead the blood. or mm-hmm. You don't see any of that kind of language in the New Testament. For Christians, the way we do battle with the enemy is to put on our spiritual armor. Mm -hmm. God supplies with everything we need in Christ and in the Word of God. We put those things on and we stand firm on the ground of truth. When it comes to helping each other, when you look at all the one another's of the New Testament, there's no mention of casting out demons out of one another, that sort of thing. So we know that's not the answer. In fact, uh, I think about 1 John 5, verse 18. Uh, which says this, we know that everyone who has been born of God does not keep on sinning, but he who has been born of God protects him, and the evil one does not touch him. Mm -hmm. So once I come to Christ, once I have the Holy Spirit of God, I don't have to fear demonization. Mm -hmm. So, So the answer to the question is, are all physical issues or all mental issues explained by demons? The answer is no. What we don't want to do, though, is 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 uh, be a people who, who disbelieve what the Bible teaches about the spiritual realm. Hmm. So if the same person asked me, do you believe that there are demons? Yes. Mm-hmm. Do you believe people are affected by demonic uh, influence? Yes. Is it possible for someone to be demon-possessed? Yes. Hmm. Are we able to recognize in a way that's completely accurate when that's happening and when it isn't? No. Mm-hmm. So what do you do? I share the gospel with the lost and I teach Christian people how to put on their spiritual armor. In my own life, I know that Christ has saved me. I'm not concerned about being demonized. What I'm concerned about is taking seriously the warnings God has given me about my spiritual enemy and making sure I'm taking advantage of all the spiritual armor God has provided 
And then if, if I deal with sickness or someone I love deals with sickness or, or discouragement or depression, I'm going to make sure they seek medical help and I'm going to make sure that I'm teaching them the truth of God's Word to be able to uh, think rightly about what they're struggling with. Mm-hmm. And there's sort of the attendant question here that, um, you know, how, how much is the devil and his angels really involved in, in let's just say, our temptations? Let's, let's leave the physical oppression out of it or right. the uh, physical sickness out of it. We're talking about demon possession or maybe demonic influence. Are the temptations we have in today's life, you know, is it because of demon possession or is it Satan himself who is, who is, who is mm. uh, tempting us? I mean, the New Testament also seems to say that the devil goes like a roaring lion prowling about, you know, seeking people to devour. Um, if I'm being tempted to a particular sin, is that a demon that's tempting me, uh, the devil and his angels, or is it the devil himself? What would you say to that? I would say that, that uh, the Bible is gloriously vague about some of that. Mm. We, we want to peer behind the curtain. We want to know exactly what is happening. And that's not the focus the New Testament gives us. So to answer the question, is the devil involved in my temptations? Or, or let me take a step back and ask, ask it this way. Is the devil a tempter? Do we ever experience, as Christians, do we ever experience temptations that have their source in Satan? The answer is yes. Does that mean that it's Satan himself directly tempting me in those cases? Mm-hmm. Not necessarily, in fact, not likely. He's not omnipresent. Mm-hmm. So when, it, when the Bible teaches us that he goes about like a roaring lion, well, he, he is active, but in, in uh, indirect ways. Mm-hmm. The entire demonic realm is at his disposal when it comes to that sort of activity. But the Bible doesn't just present the devil as our enemy. The Bible also presents temptations that have their source in the world, the world system, that he is the God of this age over, that he informs. Mm-hmm. And the Bible's very honest with us about the temptations that arise from our own flesh. Mm-hmm. I and mean, we're tempted when we're led astray by our own desires. So what I cannot say is that every temptation I'm facing is due to the devil. Sometimes mm-hmm. it is due to worldly influence. Sometimes it's due to my own sinful desires that arise out of my sinful flesh. I don't have to know, because they're all inter, interrelated, mm-hmm. interconnected. Mm-hmm. I don't have to specify with each temptation, where is this coming from, other than to know this isn't coming from God, mm-hmm. and this isn't an expression of my new nature. So whatever it is, I have to mortify it. Mm-hmm. I have to deal with it as, as sin and say no to it and put it to death with the knowledge of God's Word in my hand, the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God at work mm-hmm. as I take on each of these temptations. What does people today want to sort of latch on to this idea of like the exorcist, that there's this visible manifestation of a demon in somebody, and therefore that is a proof that the Bible is true in some way, like like the, the events and the miraculous that happened in the New Testament is somehow true because, look, I can see the manifestation of a demon or this person has a demon, as opposed to the proof of the existence of, of Jesus and, and, and his work on earth and his work in our lives as we, uh, as, as we go about our days, more generally speaking, not mm-hmm. something phenomenal right. like that. Do you think that's, that's the case too? I do, Josh. And, and I think some of it is due to the, the power of, of the visual. I mean, we see movies and things of that nature and, and much, almost all of what they present, are, it's not accurate. Mm-hmm. So we're misinformed by something we've seen. That's true. Bring that with us into our reading of Scripture, which affects negatively and, and uh, the accuracy of our reading of Scripture. But also it gets to the confidence we have in the Word of God. Mm-hmm. I don't need any other proof yeah. than God said it. Mm-hmm. That's all I need. 
And, and I'll stake my life and I'll stake my eternity on that. The Bible said it. So I don't have to have a manifestation of something in the physical realm to prove that what Jesus said is true or what the Bible said is true. The Word of God will stand on its own. And when, when it's all said and done and this world is done, we will see that every word of God was pure and tested and trustworthy. Mm. So that's where we want to direct our people as we shepherd them, to the words of God. Not to put their focus on their experiences, mm -hmm. but to put their focus on Scripture. Thanks again for joining us for this episode of the Straight Truth Podcast. Now, if you've made an observation or have a question related to this episode, just leave that in the comments section below. Now, be sure to go to our website, straighttruth.net. There you will find a host of information, including links to all of our social media channels like Facebook and Twitter. And if you've enjoyed this episode, be sure to like it and share it with family and friends. Lastly, go to the podcast section of iTunes and leave us a review. Now remember, Straight Truth is a production of Walking in Grace Ministries, the preaching and teaching ministry of Pastor Richard Caldwell. For more information, go to walkingingrace.org.